This episode of Recovery is Possible is brought to you by Retreat Behavioral Health, where there are endless possibilities for recovery. Retreat provides quality care at their leading mental health and substance use treatment centers, which are designed to offer patients truly personalized and comprehensive programs that are tailored to their needs. Retreat Substance Use and Mental Health Treatment Centers in Palm Beach County, Florida, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and New Haven, Connecticut do everything in their power to ensure that patients receive the highest quality treatment in a safe and comfortable setting. So reach out today at RetreatBehavioralHealth.com or call at 855-802-6600 for more information. Hello, this is Mike Van Meter, and welcome again to Recovery is Possible. And this is going to be my last podcast for 2023. It is New Year's Eve, and a lot of people are out partying and having a good time and doing all those kinds of things that we used to do when we were drinking. And I tell you, I'm having a good time myself uh, right here talking to you folks. And there's that big myth that you can't have fun while you're in recovery because you certainly can. And I want to talk about some of those things. I want to talk about the things that you can do. And, you know, that's it's something that, you know, people in recovery think that you're limited in what you can do. Like you're giving up so much when you, you stop drinking. And the fact is that isn't true at all. You're actually gaining a whole lot and able to do a whole lot because you're not drinking and drugging. So that's what I want to talk about today is, you know, what is it that we can do and what is it that you're not missing when you're drinking? And I want to give some observations of the work that I've done this last year working in a hospital in a detox center and, you know, some of the trends that I've, I've seen. You know, um, you know, what's interesting is... Let's talk about the subliminal and the liminal thought processes, right? You know, in the uh, subliminal part of when it comes to drinking and, and, and drugs, if that's part of your story, a lot of times we think that alcohol and drugs do so much for us. I mean, after all, when I talk to patients, they're always telling me, you know, I relapsed or I drink because I'm depressed. I drink because my wife or my husband left me. Uh, I had someone in my family die, so I drink. Or uh, I'm lonely and I drink. And the fact is that that's really not why you drink and drug. You drink and drug because, frankly, you're an addict or you're an alcoholic. That, that's why you, you drink, because the truth be told that if we were completely happy, we would be doing those same things. It's this genetic predisposition that we have towards addiction that leads us towards this. But subliminally, in our mind, we convince ourselves that that's why we do what we do. And I know that in recovery for me, that was a key and pivotal thing to understand is the reason why you drink, the reason why, and that, and by the way, that's that was uh, my drug of choice was was alcohol. So, <clears throat> why did I drink? Well, I drank because genetically I was pre-wired to do that. Now, what happens is we think that drinking or drugging relieves us of all these symptoms, relieves us of our 
loneliness, um, the de- depression that we're feeling because of whatever's going on in our life. And it doesn't do that whatsoever. And I think what I see with a lot of patients is that they spend a lot of time thinking about what alcohol and drugs does for them. And But what we want to do is go from that subliminal thinking and bringing it, bring it to the liminal thinking or the conscious thinking and think about what drugs or alcohol does to us. And we don't spend enough time talking about that. So depression. A lot of people think that taking drugs or alcohol reduces depression. It does not at all. In fact, it, it, uh, it, it adds to your depression. It exacerbates depression. It makes it worse. You know, because when you when you think about it, it depletes your serotonin levels, which has to do with uh, feelings of wellness. Uh, the B series of vitamins are not even absorbed into your body, at least not fully. B1, 3, 6, and 12 are not even absorbed fully into your body. So that's reduced. And, and vitamins B1 and 3 uh, in particular have to do with neurological functioning. And those are depleted. So it doesn't make you less depressed. You know, it, 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 you know, people think that it helps you sleep. It does not help you sleep at all. Uh, in fact, you rarely get into those dark, deep REM stage of, stages of sleep, which again reduces your serotonin and GABA levels, which makes you feel more unstable and more depressed, not better. Uh, so it doesn't help you whatsoever. Now, what it will do is temporarily relieve that pain and numb you out. But the fact is that the depression is still there. When, when you wake up. And so it does not help with that at all. Makes you feel better. Makes you, helps reduce pain. Um, the fact is that it, it doesn't uh, help reduce the, the pain at all. The pain will come back. And, and if you are one of those people that is suffering from pain, then there are other things that you can do. There are surgeries that you can have. There's other, other medications that you, you can take that uh, will not make you uh, uh, unsafe out on the roads or in the workplace. The fact is that if you sat down and wrote down a list of the things that you think the drugs and alcohol do for you, you're going to find that uh, there's there's none. I actually cannot think of one thing in your life that is better when you drink or you drug. Not one. Now, we can juxtapose that with a list of things that it makes worse, and that's quite a long list in, indeed. And so it doesn't do those things for us. Now, when we give up drugs and alcohol, what happens? Well, everything is in the reverse. We will tend to have fewer health problems. We will tend to be less depressed. We will, able to, we will be able to do more. We will be able to participate in life. We will be able to get back into those hobbies that we used to enjoy. The things that we like to do, those things that we enjoy to do. Because if you think about it, drugs and alcohol take us out of life, take us out of our relationships, take us out of the community and isolate us. And we are not able to connect with others. And that's something that we want to repair. Those are things that we want to to work on. And uh, the vitamins and minerals that our body needs to function properly are then restored. Now, that doesn't happen overnight. It does not happen overnight at all. In fact, it can take about a year to a year and a half to replace itself. And what I have found uh, in the time that I've been working in the 
recovery and addictions field is that most of us, most addicts are not patient enough to give this the time that it takes to get well. Because let's face it, we are people that want what we want and we want it right now. We want instant gratification. And that's a big reason why we, we use because we want to feel better and we want to feel better now and we do not want to wait to feel better. And so patience is something that I have noticed in patients that they, they are lacking. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not being critical. That was me as well. That's for sure. That's why it took so long for me to put together uh, any significant sober time is not being patient. And that's just not a quality that we have. But I will guarantee you <clears throat> that if you give it time and allow your body and allow your brain to heal, then you will see very, very good results. So patience is something that, that we don't have. The other thing that we're not good at is, and I think that this is uh, definitely a characteristic that is uh, shared by almost all addicts, and that is stubbornness and an unwillingness to listen to others and take advice from others. Uh, the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous actually talked about that quite a bit, that this is something that is not a trait that we have. And I will tell you that addiction is the one battle in your life where you win the battle, ironically, by surrendering to it, by not fighting it, by not fighting it, and taking advice and direction from those <clears throat> that have gone through this and that have had success in their own life and their own recovery journey and doing what they're doing. Because what I have found is that the people that have success tend to do certain things. Likewise, the people that don't have success also tend to do certain things. And that's why when people are about to relapse, it is very, very predictable when they are about to relapse because they all start doing the same things. They stop working their program. They stop making phone calls. They stop texting. They stop going to meetings. They stop going to the fellowship and working with other people. They stop doing those things and kind of bleed back into the woodwork. And then before you know it, they're, they're relapsing. But you see it coming weeks out ahead of time. Weeks out. And the converse to that is that the people that tend to have success in recovery are doing the exact opposite of that. They're going to meetings. They're working with other people. They're calling people. They're texting people. They're part of the fellowship. They're reading literature. They're learning as much as they can. They're working with other people that are struggling. And that's probably the hallmark to recovery is working with other people and helping other people. Because ironically, that's how we stay sober, by working with others. In fact, this program is something that I do to not only help you if you are somebody that is struggling, but it helps me as much as it helps you, maybe even more so. And I do as much as I can with other people because it helps me. In fact, that's one of the reasons why in my retirement job, I went into the recovery field and I work very hard to help other people because ironically, it helps me. And that's what people do in recovery. And you want to learn from those that have had success. I mean, after all, um, you know, in any of the, any other endeavor in your life, if you wanted to have success, you would follow those that had some sort of success. I mean, if you wanted to be 
uh, a quarterback. If you're you know a high school kid and you want to be a good quarterback in, in uh, your football team in high school, you're going to learn from the greats. You're not going to learn from the people that that are struggling that are aren't very very good. You're going to go and find those pros that have had real success and follow what they do, and you don't question them. You know, if Tom Brady were to give you lessons, you wouldn't tell him at the end of each lesson, well, you know, I appreciate your time, Tom, but, you know, I have my own way of doing things. You know, thank you very much. You would follow those things. It's only in recovery that we take the people that have had success and look at it and say, thanks, but no thanks, but I have my own way of doing things. You don't do that in any other aspect of your life. And I've noticed that in the hospital that patients will come into the detox unit and question nearly everything that we do and we say and we we talk about. But you would never do that in any other unit in the hospital. If you went into the cancer ward and the doctor told you that you had cancer and, and here's the things that you need to do, if you hope to put this into remission, you would listen to it, you wouldn't question it, and and you would follow those instructions. But for some reason... When it comes to recovery, we do exactly the opposite. And I think that that's because people intellectually understand that addiction is a disease. Intellectually, they understand that. But in practice, I don't know that people really follow it as though it's a disease. And they still treat it as though it's uh, some sort of a a moral behavior. Um, And they confuse the two because the, the fact is that uh, you know, people get really frustrated with addicts because of the behaviors that, that come out of addiction. But the behaviors are a result of the addiction. They're an outgrowth of the addiction. They're not the cause of the addiction. And so it's very frustrating for people, and people get very angry. And I even think that addicts themselves really look at themselves as being bad people as opposed to being sick people. And I know that in my own case, that the beginning of recovery was when I realized that this was a disease, and what I had was a disease, and it was something that needed to be treated as a disease, and it wasn't that I was a bad person. And when you realize that you're not a bad person, that you're a person that has an illness, and this illness needs to be treated like any other illness, and you treat it as such, then you're going to find success. But I will tell you, it takes a lot of work, a lot of work, You know, I work my program as hard today as I did that first year, and that's why I've had these number of years of sobriety. And I think that, you know, in this fast food society, this society where we can have instant gratification when it comes to television shows and radio shows and um, really anything, it, it, anything that we want is at the, the tips of our fingers. You know, I if I want to buy something, I can just go on Amazon and, and have it delivered to my house. And the problem is, is that, that mentally we are, you know, just this society that thinks that we can have rapid change. You know, just we will it. We just will this rapid change and, and there we go. But that's not how it works. In, in reality, recovery is a lot of work, it takes time, it takes patience, and it takes commitment, and we have to have that stick to so we can get through this and get those years of recovery. And the fact is that if you get to two years of not using drugs or alcohol, your chances of getting beyond five years of recovery is multiplied four times, and that's significant, but a year and a half to two years is an eternity when you're talking to an addict. But it can be done. 
It can be done. And so as we end this year of 2023 and we go into the new year, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment to yourself. And that that commitment is to listen to those that know what they're talking about when it comes to recovery and have the willingness, the willingness to listen and the willingness to just try just to to recommit yourself to reading the recovery literature that's out there, learning as much as you can about the disease of addiction, being patient, work with others, go to meetings, whether that's AA, NA, Celebrate Recovery, Dharma, Refuge Recovery, you name it, whatever program you want. But do it. It is not enough to just say, well, I'm not an AA guy and I'm not going to go to AA. Okay, well, then find a program that works for you. But do it. Commit yourself to it. And if you don't like the results, then you can go back to doing what you were doing. But in 2024, as we go into this new year, I want you to recommit yourself to recovery. I want you to recommit yourself to working a program of recovery, whatever that program may be. If you have relapsed, if you have been struggling this year, that's okay. That's not failure. What is failure is not getting back up and not trying and not recommitting yourself. I promise you, if you work a program of recovery with all of your heart, with all of your mind, all of your soul, and you commit to it and actually do the work, you will be very surprised with the results that you get and you will find that your life will get much better than you ever imagined it to be. So folks, Recommit yourself. 2024 is going to be a big year, I can tell. It's going to be an exciting year. It's going to be a sober year, and you can do it. And I want you to stay here listen to this podcast, and we're going to have a lot of great interviews, a lot of great content coming up this year, and I look forward to speaking with all of you and reach out and spread this podcast far and wide to all of those that need help out there, and I look forward to talking with you as we go into this new year. You guys take care of yourselves. Again, this is Mike Van Meter, Recovery is Possible, and we will be seeing you all soon. Take care. This episode of Recovery is Possible is brought to you by Retreat Behavioral Health, where there are endless possibilities for recovery. Retreat provides quality care at their leading mental health and substance use treatment centers, which are designed to offer patients truly personalized and comprehensive programs that are tailored to their needs. Retreat Substance Use and Mental Health Treatment Centers in Palm Beach County, Florida, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and New Haven, Connecticut do everything in their power to ensure that patients receive the highest quality treatment in a safe and comfortable setting. So reach out today at RetreatBehavioralHealth.com or call at 855-802-6600 for more information.